Jenny. Oh, Sheppy. That's so nice to hear your voice. And I've got to now find you somewhere in my windows. Let's <laughs> email it. Let's open an email from the Australian tax office. This is so much better. <laughs> only just, only by a whisker. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I've got lots of things to say to you, young man, like just silly things. Can I say them quickly? Yes. Most, the most important is I was just making my coffee and I thought a really good bubble app for the future would be like favourite line readings. So I've got to give it to you now as a little one to just then keep jotting silly ones down. But the one that occurred to me was Dot Brown. Just it's just as simple as when he's quizzed Marty in Back to the Future and he says, Do you know what this means? It means that this damn thing doesn't work at all. That line reading, right? If you read that on the paper, I bet you you get a hundred auditions that go nowhere near the way Christopher Lloyd touches that line. Yeah. And it's probably true of every single Doc Brown line in that movie. Yeah. Uh, and that gives me a little shiver to think about how good Christopher Lloyd is in that movie. Yeah. Anyway, just a little thought for you. No, it's it's really true. It's maybe what Gene Hackman was doing on the infamous Mind Over Muscle line, where he <laughs> thought he was doing a Christopher Lloyd, but what he was actually was doing was mis-selling the line uh, and mis-selling the, the point behind the line. Uh, yeah, no, that's wonderful. There are a lot. You know what? Often I will see the script in my mind in moments like this, and I'm going to use our friend Rog as something that comes to my mind, whereas there are scenes in, let's say, for, for your eyes only, where it really clearly could be very flat line reading, you know, like the, the things, like, you know, like, um, if I don't report in by nine o'clock tomorrow morning, not only my government, but the entire Greek police will be down on you like a ton of bricks. And it's such a bad line when you really step back and see that being tight. But Moore really sells it, and it's really good. And he does it just right as well. He doesn't do a Christopher Lloyd. He does it in the right way, inflecting as he should, but he really sells what is actually a really flat line. And he does that a lot. So yeah, I, that, I, I like that. <laughs> so, cool. so there you go. Oh, that's a wonderful, that's a wonderful Bob. I basically have my first extras gig in the Gold Coast tomorrow, Sheppy. I'm on the set of Young Rock. <laughs> have you heard of that show? There's a show called no. Young Rock, which is like, Dwayne Johnson's childhood and he makes little cameo appearances occasionally. I'm hoping oh. he'll be there tomorrow. Are you um, playing Young Rock? <laughs> Does that mean you're called Pebble? Oh my God. I'm not going to be able to keep up with you today. Okay. <laughs> no, I've peaked. I've peaked, Jimmy. I've got to say, Sheps, on this. For the first time in a long time, I have just scribbled and then added to the lists. Great. And like, I, my discipline isn't quite there on a couple of these, four of this and three of that, but we'll see how we go. I was a bit concerned at first. I thought, where am I going to go with this? And then there's so much. and There's too you know, much, really. There's too much. Yeah. And I, yeah. you know, it's, it's difficult to be definitive even for yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's hold all of that because this is all good stuff. 
So yeah. let's let's just jump in and we'll we'll have we'll have this conversation, you know, proper. Yeah. So, oh, so lovely. lovely. Cool. Go. I mean, look, I'll, I'll say the magic words and Sheppy. Welcome to Shoulders of Giants. I'm Jimmy. Hello, I'm Sheppy. Nice to see you again. Two things that always happen with our intro, Sheppy. One, I always time it as you go for a glug, which I find very happy. And then um, <laughs> of double tea bag tea. And then, and then you, I, I, I'm noticing as I'm doing them, there's a lot of like, we, we keep referring to people as viewers and see this and like, like we've got a TV show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or you know, but not even a TV. Good to see you again. Like what? A live studio audience, or we're, we're at the theatre, or it's a two-way feed. It makes no sense. Not a lick. I've noticed that Conan O'Brien does it on his podcast, but he has an excuse. I think he had a TV show for thirty years. You and I just right. think we had a TV show for thirty years before we did yeah. it. Yeah, it's a one is slightly more pathetic than the other, but I'm 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 willing to embrace it. It's fine. No problem, Jimmy. This is a special bubble episode we've got going on today. Very exciting. Um, shall I, I mean, I'll say, I, I'm the one who um, suggested that we, we do this at some point, just as a little throwaway nag gag. And I'll say this, I said to you, uh, how about we do something where we just talk a little bit about soundtracks, you know, soundtracks are a huge part, you know, of, of the film experience, massive. Yeah, integral. So we talk about this. I will say um, there's a lot, there's a lot to talk about and I feel the need for a little disclaimer. Now I've got some questions that I'm going to throw at you and you can throw things at me and we can see where the conversation goes. The disclaimer really is thus. I think we could even call this like bubble episode, soundtracks that shaped us part one, only so that we don't bow to the pressure because otherwise we are gonna be here for at least eight hours and we're gonna give ourselves brain hemorrhages on the panic of not forgetting or leaving anything out. Because again, it's a bottomless hole of quote unquote favorites because it's, there's, there's a lot and it's very, very easy. Even stuff like stuff that's so deep and enriched for example, I don't want people to be listening to this and saying, ah, they didn't even mention this guy or this soundtrack, which is such a big deal because, you know, oh my God, they're idiots. And I don't want us to wake up in the morning or at three o'clock or whatever being like, oh God, that's terrible. By the way, in my mind, I see us waking up together in the same bed, sitting up, I've got hair rollers in and I'm like, Jimmy. <laughs> I didn't even mention Ernie Morricone or something like that. And you're like, Chevy, go out of bed, it's far too late. So, so the caveat and the disclaimer is that this is part one. We are going to miss a lot out. And we are, so to avoid putting pressure on ourselves to try and hit everything and not to miss anything, forget it, it's fine. We're just going to talk about some of our favourites. And when I say things like, what's your top five or whatever, it's top it's top 50 and it's five out of the top 50 we can come back and there's no pressure because there's obviously a lot out there so this is just a little conversation about some of our favorites some random soundtrack conversations so that's that's what i wanted to throw out there first of all I appreciate the disclaimer, Sheppy, because you gave us, you gave me a few of the things you're going to ask me, and I then started my list and have been tinkering with it over the last week, and even then, I'm not convinced. 
that I've even got myself sorted from a subjective point of view or some of these <laughs> we'll just see how we go as you say yeah. so this is part one happy 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 yeah I think so and you know we may not ever do a part two but if we call this part one right now it just means it relieves a certain amount of pressure because yes there's there's a lot of stuff and a lot of great stuff and soundtracks obviously you listen to a soundtrack separately and it immediately evokes the film and if you have a deep connection to the film then obviously the soundtrack takes you back to a time and a place and a feeling and so they're very special on that level there are soundtracks that are you know you, you could easily say are better better than the film and that's that's amazing too and sometimes i'll watch a really random film and i'll be like my god this is a good soundtrack and then for like the next you know, five weeks I'll be YouTubing that soundtrack really randomly and then I'll forget about it again. Um, for example, the Conspiracy Theory soundtrack, and I believe it's Carter Burwell, who's amazing, and I love his name anyway. I wish I was called Carter Burwell. Um, the Conspiracy Theory soundtrack is fucking amazing, and it's so not what you would expect. You might even say it's the orchestral version of Christopher Lloyd's line readings in Back to the Future, because you could have a million different, much more obvious soundtracks to the film Conspiracy Theory. And what Carter Bowell does is so left field, and yet it fits so perfectly. It's a, it's a really wonderful choice for what is, you know, it could very be a standard thriller. So that's something I want to throw out there. Um, the Conspiracy Theory soundtrack I hadn't even written down, I hadn't even thought about. This, Jimmy, is off the top of my head. And it's little things like that, that I'm going to be like walking down the street or waking you up at one o'clock in the morning, shaking you awake with my pinny, saying, Jimmy, Jimmy, I didn't mention Carter Burwell. Not even getting to being John Malkovich, not even getting to the Coens. So there's a lot. And so avid listeners, uh, avid viewers, I don't know, um, audience members. Yeah, so when you swallow your tongue in absolute fury that we didn't mention something really obvious, um, you know, we're going to be kicking ourselves harder than you could ever kick us. Not true, it's quite a lot. So there you are. That's that sort of, I joined that back into the caveat. But yes, yes, so it's all very good. And I'm very, I like these ones, Sheppy, because obviously this is driven by your good self. And... I'm going to let you run the agenda. I'm happy to be quizzed, you know. Right. Well, I'm very excited. Well, first of all, I mean, just sort of jumping in more or less about just vague, random things. Let me just ask you, first of all, just to get the ball rolling then, is there a score that uh, which jumps out at you immediately, which means a lot to you on a personal level, be it your relationship with the music because maybe it evokes the film or where you were when you first saw the film or for a million different reasons is there something that jumps out and this is kind of one of the ways of saying what's like your favorite score but one that just means a lot to you personally yeah, you know. well this is going to be the immediate problem Sheppy because I've got three <laughs> Good. I'm amazed you got less than a hundred you know what I'm going to do? Actually, no, I'm not going to talk about those three until we get to five top scores ever, which I think was another right. thing. So I'll leave that because they've all got a little personal reason for five. But I'll, so I'll come back to that. But I will just say this. 
there's two I thought would be nice one old one and one new one yes um these are not these are far from the most evocative if I was going to say the most evocative is probably back to the future right I mean I think it over and above are we including John Williams at this point, Shepier? Is this a, is this a moment to talk about the John Williams caveat that we've actually tried to avoid him in our answers where we can? So it's not just we, the we're John Williams give, part. Well, that's it. Um, we can certainly mention John Williams as a separate John Williams little moment because, yeah, there's a lot. But in terms of this opening question, it's so open. I'll accept anything. I mean, it's back to the future, and you can come back to the same answer in the future. This is all very fluid. But, you know, yes, in a lot of these, I am keeping John Williams separate because he is so integral. You say, what's your three favorite scores? One of them is probably going But in terms of, if you want to say Back to the Future for the score that means a lot to you personally, I'll accept it, absolutely. I mean, I think there's not there's a moment at the beginning but well back to the future too where the title comes in and we're in the clouds and everything i just remember getting yeah maybe my favorite and it's not even a big reveal or anything but just the excitement levels were at the highest fever pitch jimmy's ever seen or heard of like you know we're about to go in the future i was so up for it and i and i, I think there's the, the music itself the score from Alan Silvestri is amazing. I had it as a ringtone on my phone for about four years. <laughs> yes. This is one of those. <laughs> yeah. um, so there's that. Um, I'm going to we'll touch on it again a bit later, surely, Sheppy. But I just wanted to say as well, just two others that are just on the list at this point, for, and they're not anywhere else, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So I might as well just mention them now. But um, one was just that in recent times, I thought this is the most modern one I've got, but I. I just love the Avengers theme. I think it's oh, actually nice. really, really wonderful. And the, you know, uh, the 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 I won't obviously say anything because it's such a new movie, and we don't want to spoil anything for people that are still getting their way through the Marvel um, canon. But um, you know, the on your left moment is just a lovely moment. So you're the... you're talking about Endgame. Yeah, yeah. That's so... very specific because you say the Avengers. You're talking Alan Silvestri well, from you know the Avengers. Yeah, all I'm trying to say is like on some of these, Sheppy, what I've done is I've just gone with like a very, like the thing I love and the best use of it. Does that make sense? So like the, yeah. the moment where I've loved it the most, if you know what I mean, and where where maybe the love comes from. So we're back to the future is kind of that. My favourite moment of the score is maybe the beginning of two. And then for Avengers, like the end of end game should we say it's just the best use yeah. of the the theme for me and the only other one i just wanted to say is like you just got a personal connection because for me it's just kind of the happy vibe but i love the italian job score and i oh, love nice. how it's been um reappropriated by english football fans in and i appreciate <laughs> this there's a very tricky thing to say because it's you know, there's, there's there's a whole army of English football fans which get very bad media rightly and have reappropriated the Second World War and, you know, kind of regurgitate lots of very unhealthy, bad vibes. But that said, having been to a couple of football tournaments, 
99% of the English fans are right there with all the other 99% wonderful fans of other countries having lovely beers and nice times in nice football pubs and all that sort of thing. And it is just one of the happier little tunes that makes me happy every time I hear it. A, because of the movie, which I love, and then B, just because it's just, you know, it's nice and it's good to That's be chanting it. And then you can say to everyone you're with, smile, you bastards. We won, didn't we? So <laughs> it works on every level. Uh, that, that's, that's nice. You know, whilst we're talking about Back to the Future, I, I too love the Back to the Future soundtrack. And it comes, this, this raises a quick point in terms of the difference between also the soundtrack and the score. The score meaning, of course, the orchestral version and a soundtrack would also include songs that appear in, in a film. So when I'm saying soundtrack, I really mean everything, but that's yeah. something to define. Um, and I want to mention that I had the Back to the Future soundtrack on cassette tape, little blue cassette tape, uh, when I was, you know, I mean, I don't think it was mine, I think it was the, my house's, my family's uh, Back to the Future soundtrack. <laughs> Your brother's um, furious. Oh, fuming, <laughs> fuming. Yeah, I bought that for my price with my own 50p. Nonetheless, I'll say um, that does include the Alan Silvestri theme um, and also a lot of you know, all of the songs, including, of course, the, the Huey Lewis, but also, you know, everything. And, it, and it's great. And this leads me to a, another quick question, like in terms of which soundtracks, and it could be just the score or, you know, on a wider level, meaning anything but which soundtracks oh you don't have to name all of them but are there any you care to mention that you have owned in your life again the tape of back to the future is a, i assume my personal first that uh, you know soundtrack that i listened to i mean sheppy this is my longest list i have to warn you like because i just had lots of soundtracks that were very evocative for me like i just yeah i mean i put which you own yeah, specifically owned as well. So right. I um well well in that case, before you jump in, I've only got a few and I just yeah, want to throw it. them out. Because I've got back to the future. Um there was of course Batman, which was a huge one, you know, with all the Prince songs, which are actually a quite bad judge, but nonetheless. Um another one that we listened to in our car driving along was the Greece uh, soundtrack but it was recorded off the film, off the TV tape, I assume. So it had all of the incidental background, you know, like in Summer Loving, it had when one of the T-Birds flicks the little boink, and it's not in, like if you buy the sound, but it's because it was recorded off the film. So it had all the little background noises like that. So now, if I were to hear Summer Loving, I always hear the boink where the little, uh, I think like a like, little, like, uh, metal thing is flicked into someone's nose so so that was a big thing just listening to that soundtrack in the car a lot um the first one i also had i kind of i got um was the bill and ted's bogus journey and it wasn't the soundtrack as such but it was the kiss single god gave rock and roll to you too but it had the front cover of bill and ted and death on the front so that was one for me um, I had the Star Trek VI soundtrack, um, which was great, and I would listen to that all the time. And that's that's evocative for me. Randomly, I had the Spider-Man II soundtrack, 
uh, and I listened to that a lot, um, which is random, but again, I, I, I liked the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack apparently. Um, and also the Gross Point Blank soundtrack I had, and that's a great soundtrack because, you know, it's just, it's good songs that exist. You know, Spider-Man 2 songs were, I believe, written for the film, were appropriated and came out with the film. It was, of course, Gross Point Blank soundtrack and things like, you know, Clash and um, Guns N' Roses, Living That Die, stuff like that, but a nice, you know, amalgamation of songs, which is nice. So, so anyway, those were the special ones I wanted to shout out. And also, actually, ones that I didn't actually own, but ones that I listened to a lot, there was the Pulp Fiction soundtrack, the Train Spotting soundtrack, which, of course, were like when Batman came out, they were everywhere. And that, you know, again, just songs, which, you know, not original songs for the film, but, but also, you know, just great. And also the Lost Highway soundtrack really takes me back to university and listen to that soundtrack a lot. And that, like Trainspotting, or certainly like Pop Fiction, would have little snippets of dialogue between the songs. Um, and that, so, is very much wrapped up in the Lost Highway. And I love Lost Highway. I believe it is my favourite Lynch film, and that soundtrack takes me right back to being at university, and I'm still a huge Rammstein fan, so that deserved a special shout-out as well. So that's my little selection. Hi, Sheppy. Well, quick confession, haven't seen Lost Highway yet. Mm. Going for a spit take there as you went for a glug, but <laughs> yeah, in fact, it, it, instead it was the opposite of a spit take. It was like a disgusted swallow. It, it was like disgusting. a wince swallow. <laughs> it was as if this press. tea had like yeah, something nasty was in it. Press your thirty second back and just listen to Sheppy's disgust. <laughs> the reaction. <laughs> it, was, it, it was a too. real wince. It was like I'd taken a swig of delicious tea and someone had stuck a cat winky in it. It was not fun. Oh, I might I might make you happy when it comes to five top scores uh, later. Um, I might get one one little credit point back. Uh, but <laughs> weirdly, right up until you start going to Pulp Fiction and uh, Train Spotting there, Sheppy, like I think everything but Spider-Man 2 you just mentioned in the first tranche, I had listened to heaps. And is it on my list? <laughs> so A, what a lucky boy to have all these soundtracks. And then B, you know, amazing. Just speaks to how little, you know what I mean? How little I've got recall and some of this stuff. So, um, yeah, Trainspotting Man, you mentioned that. I think that might be the ultimate classic in terms of it sort of transcends everything in terms of it's probably on everybody's list, but it's bloody awesome. Being a Just, teenager in the mid-90s, you know, at that soundtrack coming out and that film coming out, that was that was good good timing on our part. I think yes. born when we were that worked very well. Yeah. Thanks, mum and dad. <laughs> um, You're welcome. <laughs> what a twist! <laughs> what a twist! <laughs> and I just established we were both born in the same year, so I don't know how that worked. Amazing. <laughs> Um, that would be a brilliant way to just end the podcast forever. Like, <laughs> There's no more shoulders to try. Um, 
I, in my little listing, Sheppy, I'll, well, I'll, I'll give you some other little bits and bobs. And then I realised a little point that I hadn't ever really reflected on too much, but just to add some more to you, Almost Famous, I thought was brilliant. I've got it in a couple of other categories oh. as well. A bit like your gross point blank, incredible collection of, uh, of songs. Um, Chariots of Fire wasn't mine, it was my mum's, but we had Van Galis on repeat, man. It was a bit painful time. Um, <laughs> no, fair play, Van Galis, go on. You, know, yeah. you have to run and do the Clark Griswold double fist pump in the air in time with the drums, the cymbals. So that that's okay. <laughs> I remember buying the Eight Mile soundtrack while I was driving oh. around Australia as a backpacker and enjoying that one a lot. So that's happy. Um, Guardians was probably the last one I ever bought, maybe Sheppy, oh. and, and that's obviously another good collection soundtrack. Yeah. Um, pulp here. I think Purple Rain was on a bit of repeat, even though I didn't see the movie. I don't think I've ever seen the movie. Um, Great Gatsby is possibly tied with Guardians for the last one that was bought. I think G bought that, and that was sort of on a bit of repeat for us. We really liked that one together. Well, Romeo. speaking of Baz, um, were you about to say Romeo? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was That's another, another one. When yeah. that came out and that soundtrack, yeah, that, that was huge. Almost like it's, there's certain ones that are just iconic, aren't they? You know, yes. um, and that's yeah. definitely up there. We, I don't know if I had Karate Kid soundtrack or I'm just thinking about Cruel Summer, the CD single, uh, and I probably yeah. bought that. And like, you know, yeah, so that's that's nice. Um, Lost yes. Boys was a massive one for me, yes. massive. Yes. Um, so, uh, that's that's, that's another very good shout, yeah, yeah. Um, Lost Boys, was that brilliant, yeah, very good. One that wasn't mine, but I'm I'm pretty sure I probably stole it a couple of times. So let me apologise to my sibling Vicky. But uh, Dirty Dancing Sheppy was a <laughs> professional on the pod here. But I'll tell you this: I mean, I wouldn't listen to it now. I don't think. But that said, of course, I've had the time of my life is the iconic song. But where were you when you found out that Patrick Swayze was the one that sang "She's Like the Wind" on the day? Oh yeah. Sang? Yeah, Jesus, it was like. Well, speaking this... of connections, my my better half Marta, she's a huge Dirty Dancing fan and soundtrack fan, and she would sing her own versions of "She's Like the Wind" all the time, um, and infuriate her sister by singing the lyrics wrong. There's like those not those are the lyrics in here. So she's like the wind, I think was one of them, and she oh. likes like she enjoys the wind was another one. And little inflections and differences, but it was all it was all correct because she said it was correct. So so it's nice. And, and I That's like a great line reading it's... thing, Sheppy. A great line reading. <laughs> right. We're gonna have to keep that bit at the top end of the pod. We're just chatting because <laughs> even like imagine one where it's just you get distracted after you're about to tell someone what what. You what she's about you know she's like the wind <laughs> yeah right she's like, what what is she is she is she okay yeah yeah she's like the wind don't worry about it <laughs> she's she's out of here um yes and by the way uh, uh some of the songs from that are from other films yeah they're like i like 1950s songs and there's a lot of 1950s songs obviously because it's from the era the film is set and also you know um, be my, be my, be my little baby. That and that I always acquaint to Mean Streets because I'm cool, Jimmy. And I, but I like that song on its own merits, and that exists on both. So it, it that works. Um, so no, I'm all about the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. It is like the wind, and so is she. 
Well, that uh, that makes me happy on a lot of levels, Sheppy, including, and I can't get the time for some reason on this at the moment, but let's just say the timestamp's about 20 minutes or so here, Sheps, for those playing along at home. Like, I, I can't sing. You can sing. And I'm Thank looking you. forward to some more little, like, you know, <laughs> breaking off and sitting. <laughs> That'll make me happy. I might, I might attempt some humming later. We'll see. <laughs> Would you believe, Sheps, I have? Four movie soundtracks, all, I'm not going to say iconic, but touching on iconic in the 80s, all owned by moi, and all with the same um, lead actor. And, and, and it, so there's four bloody soundtracks oh. that we haven't thought about that I think kind of lead me to believe in the 80s, this man was a bit of a king of the soundtrack. And that man, Sheppy, is Thomas Mapotha Cruz the fourth. <laughs> Cripes! So Days of Thunder, Rain Man, Cocktail, Top Gun. I mean, who doesn't love a bit of Kokomo, a bit of Top Gun, a bit of Kokomo? Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's fair. Top Gun soundtrack's amazing. Rain Man has Ika Waika, which, um, you know, exists in its own merits, but it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, coming back to Mission Impossible 2, so good they cruised it twice so yes yeah <laughs> so good they cruised it twice i love it <laughs> yeah ships that's what i have for soundtracks man well that's right. lovely 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 yeah and again there will be loads of others i will also quickly shout out when i was in bangkok i bought the titan ae soundtrack as you do and I listened to that on my discman whilst travelling around Thailand. And so now, if I hear a song, as you often do, a song from Titan AE, I'm like, oh, I remember Phuket. Oh. So, I don't know, that's a weird soundtrack and also a weird, you know, acquainting it to a certain time and a place. But yeah, Titan AE soundtrack for love. Big fan of that. So, so there you go. I like that too. <laughs> That's very happy, Sheppy. I love it. Um, um, yeah, which yeah, world do you want to go next? I'm, I'm good on soundtracks if you are, man. I, for now. I mean, I say good, you know. Not even a line drawn under it. Just a little squiggle. I mean, if you want to add to a squiggle, if you have anything no, there. No, nothing else there. Well, I have a little, a little going off on one, but just, you know, it's all random anyway. So I have a little thing to say about certain composers. Um, where often you can, of course, tell when it's a certain composer because they'll use you know, the same style. And sometimes a, a film composer will be very different and use totally different styles. You can't necessarily tell it's them, but sometimes you absolutely can. It might be a motif, it might be a style. I mean, you know, big orchestral, sometimes you can tell if it's a John Williams, even if you can't pinpoint what it is, for example. Um, but then you sometimes get right down into pure self-plagiarism where a composer will just shamelessly reuse something from another film they've done. And that happens more often than you think. And you mentioned Back to the Future, obviously, and I wanted to shout out because Alan Silvestri did the Back to the Future theme, 1985, the same year he also did Cat's Eye. You know Cat's Eye? The um, Stephen King anthology film with Drew okay. Barrymore. Um, it's a really good so film. Good. Have you ever seen that? No, no, yeah. no. 
it's good. It's good. It's um, like three different stories, and it's all connected by this cat who's trying to get home to Drew Barrymore and stuff. I mention it because he, Alan Silvestri, the, the score, it's the Back to the Future theme, which he used that same year for Back to the Future, but he, it's just slightly, you know, a different tempo, it's slightly different orchestration, but it is the same. And that's, that's cheeky. Basically. Um, it's yeah, and, and that that is that's impressive. Um, whilst we're talking about that, really randomly, and I can't be the only person who knows this, but you know, at the end of Die Hard, and when Al spoilers, when Al Pal shoots Shelley Long's husband from the money bit, um, the music, it's I be, I can't. It it goes into James Horner's score from Aliens. And I'm assuming they weren't happy with, was it Michael Caine who did the Die Hard score? I don't know. But the score goes into James Horner's Aliens soundtrack for about 15 seconds when you see the gun barrel firing and then you see the, you know, Alexander Gustinoff being hit and then the focus does the deep pull and you see, oh, it's Al Pau and he pulled his gun. Um, it's the Aliens music. so. I don't know if you ever noticed that, Jim. No, man, that's amazing. I, I guess, it, I don't know, I'd have to look at where Cat's eyes from and, you know, like in terms of studio ownership of Silvestri's stuff, and maybe the same for Die Hard, you know, it's, where well, well, they in just terms decide of that, they can plop it in if they want to. Well, know? it's Alan Silvestri doing Cat's eyes, so he's ripping off himself. Yeah, fair. Um, yeah, it, yeah. Aliens and Die Hard are both Fox, so I'm assuming, but I wonder if Warner got given any money the die hard um i don't know so that would be more interesting but Can i just say forgive of... me sheppy like because I, I i love that both those points by the way but what amazing bit if people would listen back on the podcast is you did this stunning way to do spoilers which is <laughs> you said that al pal shoots shelly debrell's husband for the money <laughs> You're like, oh god! If you haven't got IMDb to hand and you're not a geek, then you haven't had the movie spot for you. Yeah, well, who else did Al Pal shoot to Die Hard? What what spoilers are you giving away? <laughs> Shelley Long, by the way, not Shelley Duvall. But yes, oh, yeah, yes. sorry, but uh, but yeah, it's just I love the way you did that. It's a great way to do spoilers if you if you want to tell someone in a group like something, you can just do it really randomly like that. You know what I mean? So they, they don't get anything ruined for it. Um, and then I think you then dropped in Alexander Goodenough, but it doesn't matter. Jesus, the movie's like in the canon. But um, I just love the idea of like <laughs> the, nice. going down an IMDb rabbit hole just to kind of tell <laughs> someone something in front of someone that hasn't seen the movie. But, Who might not know? But then, like, oh, well, thanks for ruining what? Like, so Shelley Long was married to him, and thanks for ruining the money pit for me. <laughs> um, nonetheless, I should have said ex husband. But nonetheless, um, speaking of James Horner, he reuses the same beats occasionally. James Horner has a bit of a thing for steel drums. And I can tell you that Commando, Clear and Present Danger, and Enemy at the Gates, and Willow all use either the same horn, which just you know, basically that sort of thing, but with a horn, and the steel drum, bum, 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 and then it always cuts with the bum, 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 and then the final bum 
cuts to the next scene. That happens in Commando and at least in Present Danger and some others, I'm positive. Oh, uh, possibly as well, something else. So that's another little thing where, and there the, are millions. Was Horner the guy who did Titanic as well, Shippy? Yes, not? yes. That's an yes, iconic one we didn't drop in, isn't it? But that, that was massive. He it? did I mean, Titanic. He did uh, Braveheart. He did Apollo 13. Wow. He did, I, I did um, Aliens. He did, so he's a Cameron boy. He's done a lot of Ron Howard's. He's done most of Ron Howard's, I believe. He's done, um, he's very, very prolific. Uh, he's done a lot of stuff. You know what? Whilst we're talking about James Wan, I have other self-plagiarism people who I wanted to mention, but since we are talking about James Horner now, um, he's done Star Trek 2, which is my favourite Star Trek music. Um, and he did Star Trek 3. And he did Crawl, um, which is him doing a John Williams as well as, you know, obviously riding off the Star Wars wave. Um, and he also did The Rocketeer. And this all, in terms of the random soundtracks that I will be walking down the road or doing the washing up or walking the dog or looking for my socks or whatever there are various really random soundtracks that have obviously deep deep in my mind which will bubble up um, and they will be on my random shuffle in my brain and they will come to the top in the jukebox of my soul and the rocketeer theme and <laughs> and the crawl theme uh, which are both Horner, will come out more than any other song, I think, let alone soundtrack, more than any other music. Um, those two will play all the time. I bloody love them, uh, but not as much as my <laughs> subconscious. So I wanted to point that out as well. I loved here. that question, Sheppy, because uh, <laughs> I, um, I, yeah, so just, I, I promise we get back to the self-plagiarism stuff, but let's do the earworm stuff now, because I was yeah. just interested with it. I had three for you that I thought would be interesting to share, and, or, you know, just in case others have a similar thing, because it's so bloody random. <laughs> so interestingly, like, one of them I'd written down was just Dion's My Heart Will Go On, which is not a song I bloody like, but it's just there as an earworm, like, if it gets, mm. if I've heard it, it can get stuck and it's horrible. Like I'm just trapped mm. with Celine Dion in my head. It's quite a tough song to shake off because it's so sort of, I don't know. Anyway. No one wants Celine Dion living in their head. <laughs> no, not anymore. Not Dark after the shit. incident. <laughs> um, uh, and then the other two I just thought to tell you were just um, the recent Star is Born movie. Did you see that with Bradley Cooper? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's good, wasn't it? And then um, just, just the. Um, the song, the duet they did together, where she, uh, Gaga sings just, tell me something, boy. That one, like, da, 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 that one. anyway, like, that just goes round and round in my head sometimes. And then the other one, Bradley Cooper link, is from The Hangover, which isn't even a song. It's in the movie, but it's just they're about to return Mike Tyson's um, tiger to him, and they're waiting for him to eat his sleeping pills that they put into the steak. And Ed Helms is playing the piano and in the in the hotel suite that they've got, and he starts singing, What do tigers dream of in the crazy little tiger head? Something like that, right? Makes it just goes round in my head a lot, Sheffy. When I get that stuck, it's a bloody goner. It's a goner. <laughs> well, in that case, I should mention the um David Brent Life on the Road film, 
um, often I will have, and this is a song, as David Brent composes and writes, sings his own songs. He goes on tour in this film, and it's of course with Gervais who does the songs and performs them. But there's one line that um, I like a lot, which is, um, oh, Native American, uh, soar like an eagle, sit like a pelican. And that that goes around my head maybe 7,000 times a day sometimes. Good old Japan. Good old America. Good old pelicans. Yeah, yeah good old pelicans. <laughs> to the point where sometimes Calabos is, is referred to as the pelican. Like, oh, look at the little pelican sitting there. And he's sitting there and he wants his food. And he's wearing a little pelican face. So, yeah, so there you go. That's nice. And of course, there are, I'm sure there are millions and millions of Ian works and so forth as well. Sometimes a trailer for a film will come out and it'll get me so excited. And often, of course, the trailer will be better than the film. And the music from the trailer may or may not be in the film, but it might be from another film. But that song used in a trailer, and again, it might be orchestral or it might be an actual song, that will be in my mind for many months, sometimes much. You know, longer. I, you know, I've totally forgotten the film. The film's been and gone, but the music from the trailer will be on my mind for a long time. And that's always nice. Nice. By the way, um, this is meaningless for people listening because, you know, this is in the future, um, okay. future audience, future audience. But um, it was John Williams' birthday yesterday. So there you go. Oh, that's happy. That's nice. Yeah. Well, happy birthday, JW. <laughs> So who's who's your favourite JW, Sheppy? Me or John Williams? I think this is an important question to establish on the pod. It's Williams, man. I understand. What have, what, what have you ever done? I'm not even in the top <laughs> ten after John West. And... <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. Um, Jason Wink. He, he's, I just made him up and I instantly like him better. So, <laughs> And I'm sure J.W. Pepper qualifies as he's fictional. That makes me happy. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's valid. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Sheppy. Back to self-plagiarism. Self-plagiarism is a funny old thing, because at what point are you ripping yourself off and potentially being lazy? And at what point are you, uh, is it a reference? I, I also, I draw your attention to Ennio Morricone, who's done some of the best soundtracks of all time. Uh, special shout out to Ecstasy of Gold. But um, in The Untouchables, he references the harmonica theme from Once Upon a Time in the West. Um, and, you know, it uses the harmonica. It's, it's a direct reference. And that's interesting. Um, so, so that's worth a little shout out. Um, Lord of the Rings, the main theme for that, um, that is very, I mean, you could say it's almost identical to the soundtrack for the greatest story ever told, the biblical epic, and that's oh, not wow. the same guy. That's not, yeah, and it's like, ooh. I ooh. put that down as one of my favourite scores as well, Sheppy. So well, I, you're I mean, credit. don't take my word for it. For you and the listeners and everything, you choose the theme to the greatest story ever told, and then you tell me if it's similar. Uh, or not but that's that's yeah it's like ooh, crikey and not to take anything away from the lord of the rings soundtrack of course it's great but yeah um and if we're talking about self-plagiarism it is kind of worth mentioning uh hans zimmer who needs his own pod 
episode anyway, because Hans, Booby, he's wicked, of course. But I'll say this. How many diehard um, references can we squeeze? I know, and it's all off my head, I swear. It's not <laughs> missing out. But... <laughs> I hope you say that to him if you ever meet Zimmer. Hans, Booby. Here's another one. Is, is it like, are you ripping yourself off, or is it a frame-up? Uh, Zimmer frame up. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there. But I mean, in terms of the MI2 soundtrack, which is amazing, and the Gladiator soundtrack, which is amazing, and they came out maybe a, a year. Oh, hang on, there you go. Uh, a year apart, um, I believe, or maybe they were both 2000. So yeah, the the, the Gladiator soundtrack and MI2 soundtrack are very similar, but also the rock. Crimson Tide, Pirates of the Caribbean, even Elements of the Dark Knight and Man of Steel, they're all very, you know, of a, of a beat. But then again, it's only really MI2 and Gladiator, which are very similar, to put it mildly. Also, Clint Mansell, who I'm a huge fan of as well, he did the fantastic, amazing score for Requiem for a Dream, which incidentally was used on the Lord of the Rings Two Towers trailer. But that amazing uh, score for the main thing for Requiem for a Dream. It's it's amazing, amazing. He basically, so that's essentially and it goes off like that. It's another earworm as well. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't leave uh, quickly. No, quite right. But for Smoking Aces, Smoking Aces, Clint Mansell did that soundtrack and he uses it, but it's like do da do da do da and it's like it's like the mirror image, if you know what I mean. So he's he's ripping himself off, but he's doing inverse beats, but it's the same thing, it's just slightly you know, it's a different arrangement. Um but again, it's it's great. But yeah, um, speaking of our friend Carter Burwell, also um, he of conspiracy theory, and he does a lot of um, Coen Brothers stuff. He did um, his soundtrack for being John Malkovich is very similar to the Barton Fink soundtrack, not to the point where it's self plagiarism. That's more along the lines of being very very similar. Um, I mentioned Star Trek Two being my favorite Star Trek theme and soundtrack, and it is. But a very, very close second is the Jerry Goldsmith, and he's another one who deserves his own pod episode, but Jerry Goldsmith, who's just done a million billion things over the decades, RIP. But he did Star Trek First, he did a bunch of Star Trek films, um, but he did Star Trek First Contact, which is very nearly my favorite Star Trek music of all time, it's great beautiful and also hugely evocative for me for that film the first time I saw it which was one of the greatest cinematic experiences I've ever had but I'll say this it's very similar to the Star Trek 5 theme that he also did Final Frontier very similar uh, so similar that is basically plagiarism to yourself so it's worth just mentioning that as well um but again, they're both beautiful pieces of music. Nice. That's, well, I, I've got to, we'll have to do a whole Star Trek thing, Sheppy, in the future, I think. Build up to a first contact and an alternate 
Whilst we are talking about that for a second, Jerry Goldsmith did the music to the motion picture and, uh, and Star Trek V and Star Trek VIII, his first contact, and nine and ten. Um, but what's and he also the, the main theme from Star Trek the motion picture was then used to be the theme for Star Trek the Next Generation. And so that for a lot of people, that music da, 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 is the Star Trek Next Generation music um, more than the motion picture, even though of course the motion picture came first. Um, and that's nice. But what he does, and this isn't self-plagiarism, this is total self-reference. Um, for example, in Star Trek the motion picture, he comes up with the Klingon theme tune. So whenever you see Klingons, it's this kind of like and it's really cheeky and nice. But for example, in Star Trek First Contact, there's one moment where we meet Worf at the beginning and he's doing something really cool and the music turns into the Klingon theme just for that moment. And it's never used again in the whole film. And it's just a, like a really nice bit. Um, so it's, you know, little touches like that I'm a big fan of. It's, yeah. That works thematically and it's not a rip-off. It's, it, it's not plagiarism, but I, I just wanted to mention that. Can I ask a quick is... question on that, Sheffy, then? Because like, this is something I find that I need to, that sort of stuff will come through and like watch three or four. I'm not mm. in the mood, unless it's, very obvious or like a really big Star Wars-y type, okay, we're getting a Vader score or something here. But like, generally speaking for me, I really need to go back and revisit. I'm just interested in your ear, whether or not as you're watching something, you're picking something like that up and you're like, oh yeah, brilliant. This is the, I guess, I think, you know, you, your wiki is more, is broader than mine. On, on this sort of stuff and I think you, you you're you're more cultured in a lot of things on this so but I'm just interested like uh you know something like that is it in the moment you're like oh they're playing that for I, Wolf right now that's awesome or is it like second third watch you're going oh I lovely. couldn't tell you if I I think it's I would like to say it was first moment but it's even with something like Star Trek which you know it's all sort of developed and I'm, I'm a big fan of and I'll say that it wasn't the first time because let's face it I haven't seen motion picture that many times it's not my favorite Star Trek film Star Trek the slow motion picture so I think it's safe to say that I didn't notice that it was using the Klingon theme for motion picture when I first saw First Contact I was probably more excited that Worf was in the Defiant and being a huge Deep Space Nine fan, I was like, oh, so, so there you go. I was being a total sad geek in a different way. But, but sometimes I'd like to think that I would notice it. I also want to mention in terms of songs I didn't mention before, well, maybe I did. Um, Jeremy Goldsmith did the music to The Ghost in the Darkness, the Killer Lion Val Kilmer joint. Yeah. It's all right, but um, <laughs> fucking dismissive. how dare I? But um, the music for Ghost in the Darkness I, I'm, is one that comes to my mind a lot, um, and it's very nice. Mm. Um, and really randomly as well, um, and I like The Fugitive very much, but the music in The Fugitive, in this tiny little montage where Richard Kimball is like um, on, on the trail of the one-armed man and he's doing lots of little things and we have a tiny little montage of that. The music there, I think it's James Newton Howard, um, is really nice. 
and it's you, know, you don't often think, oh, I'm going to listen to the Fugitive soundtrack, but this one little sound bite in that is um, is really tasty. So so that's definitely one that I hum quite a bit. Um, <laughs> and we mentioned, and you know, again, Danny Elfman, we could do an entire odd episode about, but and Batman, we mentioned, and the Batman theme is iconic. Yeah. Um, but within the Batman movie, the original, you know, the 89, the bit where he's driving Vicky Vale to the Batcave, um, oh, yeah. that, that's one of my favourite bits of music of any film ever. Um, it, it incorporates the main Batman theme, which is, again, amazing. But it, 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 yeah, it's, it's great. Um, it's worth me just showing you. The driving to the Batcave scene is, um, has, has some wonderful, wonderful Any any excuse for a score like that to swell, Sheppy? I love. Yeah. And I, I seem to remember. God, this is a stupid thing to say, but like you know, Batman <laughs> Returns at the beginning when it's just zipping through the tunnel. I seem yeah. to remember. I don't think that's the full Batman theme, is it, or is it? I I just seem to remember uh, really loving the score. It might be it a, you know a different to. version, perhaps. Yeah. But it, 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 I mean, it certainly is. Da, 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 it, it's yeah. definitely that. But I'm sure it does a few little tweaks and talks and things like that. It's not a stupid thing to say. Um, I like that. By the way, I didn't write this down, so I want to say this. I have a real thing for men. More than that, Jimmy, <laughs> Russian men. <laughs> Russian men are ace. And when they sing, oh, it's, it's a glad confession. Um, I like Russian male chorus singing. Um, like, for example, uh, again, James Horner. Uh, Red Heat, um, and also um, The Hunt Red October, obviously both Russian-themed films, and they both heavily use this kind of Russian military male chorus. Um, and again, it's very kind of not operatic, but it's certainly big in that sense. And I, I'm a sucker for that sort of stuff. It's really good. So I like that. The Red Heat score and The Hunt Red October, and specifically those moments, Nice. Bloody ace. So yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, I yes. can't wait, basically, Shepard, when it comes to like re-listening to this, give it a little edit, if that's what the case, but you know, just mm -hmm. to then have the notes, like, you know, we should have probably said at the top end, like, disclaimer, you might want a pen handy in case you want to explore some of these, because there's some really, I'm going to have to go back yeah. and revisit some of that. That's really cool. It, it, it's very nice. Yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of that sort of thing. By the way, um, in terms of main themes and things, you know, the Batman theme is great. Danny Elfman, we could talk about for hours. He has a very distinctive style, which you can associate the Batman, the dark, the gothic, the operatic. Uh, Batman and Scrooged are both excellent soundtracks and not dissimilar to each other. But then Danny Elfman occasionally will do something that is in no way you know, you don't listen to it and go, ah, oh, pure Elfman. And again, that says everything about his personal talent. But, he, you know, so he did Batman and all these types of things and lots of Tim Burton things. He did, let's you know, he did the theme tune to The Simpsons. So that's fantastic. And you know what else he did? Which he did, he did a, a whole lot of superhero films. Obviously Batman, did Darkman, he did uh, Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2. He also did, and he's done others, and he did um, the Joss Whedon 
cut of um, Justice League. Uh, and he also did um, Hulk, the Ang Lee Hulk music. And I really like that soundtrack as well, the main theme. Um, it's not Elfman-esque at all, and it's really good. So that was just like another one that I wanted to shout out whilst it was on my mind as well. Fair play, the diversity of Elfman. Oh, that makes me happy. Yeah, no, it's really good. Um, so I like that. Um, well, Jimmy, in terms of this, you know what? Since we, I mentioned Zimmer 28 minutes ago, I'm just going to mention one other Zimmer thing that I like. So all of those You didn't even mention, by the way, Shepi, my favourite Zimmer thing, which is interesting. But... Well, the ones that I mentioned specifically were either of a, of a theme or an ilk, like Crimson Tide, Pirates, The Rock, are all like bombastic, bam, 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 driving yeah. type things. And he's done a lot. But, but what is your favourite Zimmer theme? Well, Sheppy, I love the Inception theme. I, and I, well, in fact, I could tell you the three that I think are the best. And I know you were using obviously MI2 as well and Gladiator as being a, a direct rip as well. And, that, and I, I do like the Gladiator too, actually. I think it's very evocative and, you know, always makes me think of his hands in the cornfields and all that stuff. Mm. But um, the three favourites are not mentioned yet. So um, Interstellar, I think, although it has some problematic moments, in terms of the moments where Zimmer might fall asleep on his key and his organ, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he uses it to the most effect. I remember like that bit where McConaughey's driving away from his daughter, like that's the moment to fall asleep on your organ if you're going to do it. And he does it and, and you get the launch and you don't even need to see the launch because the score is so bloody in your face. I, I think that's yeah. quite genius personally nice. um dunkirk i just thought was probably his masterpiece maybe objectively because he just kind of he did everything and he did some jiggery pokery with what he normally does with clocks and stuff and it was just nice and it mm. makes me happy and the end of it is such a swell at the end of that i you know when when the boats are coming home i just i find it just beautiful um and then and my favorite those ships is inception i just think it's stunning and like the it's the one i'll actually put on on spotify or whatever and i'll i will listen to the time theme over and over again if i'm trying to write or anything like i just i love it it's just stunning and see yeah. these are films i mean inception i've seen a couple of times three times probably um and dunkirk and interstellar i've seen once in the cinema and not since so i couldn't tell you at all what the music is like wow. so that that's i'll definitely be checking those out I've seen Dunkirk three times, Sheppy. Can you believe that? I don't normally do that with movies that much these days, but I really different time it. frames. Yeah, you watched it like in one time it took you a week. You, the second time you watched it, it was like an hour, and the third time you watched it, it was like a day. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Um, my favorite part, my favorite part of Dunkirk. I watched this film with my friends in China, and you know, I'm a long way from home, and at the end, I'm on the train. And, and, and yeah, they're all asleep after their ordeal and um, they, they stop for a second and he's, well, the, the soldier sticks his head out the window and says to this guy working on the train tracks, where are we, mate? And he says, Woking. And I'm like standing up in Ningbo going, Woking represent! So, so there you are. So that's my, that's my <laughs> connection to, to Dunkirk off the top of my head. So that's nice. I'm woking. Oh, no. You know, just when you thought your day can get worse. Take me back to the beach, he said. So, <laughs> so that's a laugh. I like that. And I like everything you just said. 
Um, <laughs> what's your of, Zimmer? What's your Zimmer relationship, Sheppy? Where Where do you sit? Very you have, I love yeah. Zimmer. I love 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 Zimmer. And indeed, I've mentioned these, but yeah, Crimson Tide and The Rock. Um, I'm, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Crimson Tide. And also Gladiator, I have a special relationship with that soundtrack and MI2 is so good. Dark Knight, I was at a party and you were there and I don't know where, it was in a really weird place and I, I don't know what was going on. And I left, I didn't sleep and I left at like seven in the morning uh, or something. I was waiting for a train to take me back to Guildford. And I was in a bit of a state and um, not in a, like a mega drunk state. It's just like, you know, it was a long night it was a good party and I was waiting on the platform and it was freezing cold and people were there, you know, on the way to work and I hadn't gone to bed yet and it was kind of this weird feeling. And I had the, uh, the Dark Knight hadn't come out yet at the cinema, but the trailer was out. And again, the Dan, 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 Dan was on my mind and that was circling my mind very strongly. Um, and then, yeah, and like, all of that was, was very, very satisfying. So, I love his Dark Knight soundtrack. And also, um, yeah, and Heath Ledger being like, I'm a man, I'm a word. <laughs> that was going around a bit, because that was in the teaser trailer, and that was in my pure earworm. Um, when um, Zimmer was brought on board to do um, Batman v Superman, because he had done the Man of Steel, and, you know, wow, how do you do a Superman theme stepping into the shoes of John Williams? But he did it, and I love the Man of Steel theme, and he does a great job. When he was doing Batman v Superman, I believe they got someone else in to do the, the Batman part of it, because he was like, I don't, I've just done three Batman films with Nolan. I don't want to come up with a new Batman theme. I'm certainly not going to use the same thing again. So, and what I always thought like right before they even announced that it was going to be another composer i think i'm right in saying this who does the batman side of it i thought how amazing would it be if they just spent all the money in the universe and they have zimmer doing the superman side of the music and they get john williams to come in to compose a batman theme and we get to hear a john williams batman theme and it's batman v superman it's Williams versus Zimmer, and that would have been amazing. And of course, you know, and so anyway, so in another world, maybe it's that wonderful, Sheffy. I love that idea. Yeah, um, maybe this is a good time to talk a bit about Johnny Williams. Um, just before we do, Sheps, I just want to say yes. in there, they really nailed the Wonder Woman theme in reimagining uh, that as well. I just yes. thought, just in that movie, yes. they spe specifically yeah. they smashed that. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Wonderful. And, and by the way, yeah, whilst we are talking about Zimmer, of course, I should say how wonderful, love it or not love it. And, you know, listen to our pod all about die another day. No, no time to diet. No, whatever the fuck that new James Bond film is called. Um, <laughs> no golden gun to eat. Uh, it, it's, it's Hans Zimmer. How wonderful that we're living in a world where Hans Zimmer has done a, a, a James Bond theme, you know, a soundtrack. So, so that's lovely. Yeah. yeah so that's good. I'm very happy with that. <laughs> and I really, really like Hans Zimmer. And he's right up there for me, actually, as um, one of my faves. Um, I'm a big Zimmer fan. That's great. Um, so Are you ready now, to Williams? I'm ready to Williams. I'm ready to Williams. Um, do you have, I mean... I've so done the list, Sheppy. You set the top nice. five. And I will give you the top seven just to show you that um, 
the Star Wars theme is kind of squeezed out and in. Am I right in saying that? Hang on, one, two, three. Top eight, hang on. Top seven. So Maybe Star Wars would be in at number seven. The main theme of Star Wars at number seven. So how about that? Which is yeah. ridiculous. Well, I mean, not really, because it is John Williams. But I, I, I'm very read them out, Jimmy. I'm, I'm very interested. <laughs> I do it like the top, the old top of the pops. <laughs> I try to do my best, Bruno <laughs> Brooks. Um, Please, at number seven, Star Just Wars the main any, theme. Anyone, anyone but Mike Reed. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Never knew what we had against him. Um, <laughs> apart from life. Get a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Star Wars at seven. I think I'm going Jurassic Park at six. Prefer it to the Star Wars scene. I think it's very evocative for me, that one. Um, yeah. I'm then going uh, Jaws at number five just because and it's just amazing and it's got to be said it's the worst earworm because if you ever bloody swimming in the ocean you hear it and then you you're just get it straight back out done for. Yeah. Um, i have gone i've gone two other star wars before i outside of star wars so i've got um, absolutely the imperial march i actually prefer yeah. to the main theme so i've got that in at number wherever i am four here number three jewel of the fates phantom mm. menace i bloody love that it's my favorite star mm. wars theme it's amazing the Raiders march at number two, Sheppy, and at number one, you know, Soup's Krypton. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. What are we even trying to do here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair play. Fair play. I mean, all of those, absolutely. I think um, for me, the Imperial March pips the Star Wars is. Um, but of course, I mean, you know, of course, they're all amazing. But yes, I'm a big fan of all of that. In terms of indie, yeah, the Raiders March. I mean, of course, I do. You know, shout out to the Temple of Doom. That's that's Love wonderful. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, that might stuff. squeeze Star Wars into eight. Yeah, well, Star Wars is such an underdog. Always has been. Um, <laughs> in terms of Jurassic, I, I totally am there with you there. Um, and I, you know, um, I'll also say the arriving at the island theme. So not the main one, but the ba 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 ba. Um, nice. That's great. I mean, that, yeah, um, that's actually wonderful. Well, and then the ba ba da ba ba da ba 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 ba. Wonderful, wonderful. You know, a lot of people it'll be the Harry Potter theme, and you know, fair play to that. Um, not not my cup of clant necessarily just you know still great i'll tell you i have a, a superman yeah it's right up there and i will i'm going to go for the main theme but of course krypton is double aces um he did a couple of random things he's worked with oliver stone a bunch and you know i won't put it right up there but his work on for example jfk is bloody great um and this is going to surprise you perhaps the um I mean, he did the, he did the music, the soundtrack to Home Alone, did Johnny Williams, nice. and that's all fine. Yeah, you know, da, 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 fine, fine, fine. But what I really, really like is in Home Alone the when the little bit where Kevin starts getting all the traps ready, uh, and it's it's for defending the house, and he's setting it all up. The music in that bit is genuinely right up there for me. 
not more than all the classics that you and I have talked about just now, but it is really high. I really like that music when, yeah, when he's getting, getting it all set up uh, before, before they, they arrive to try and rob the place. So that's great as well. Nice. There, are, there are many, many, many others, of course. He's, of course, he's brilliant. And in terms of Jaws, of course, the main theme, um, but also right, you know, the, the, the music right at the end when he's shooting at the, the air tank in the mouth, um, that's, that's probably my favorite bit of music specifically in Jaws, where it's just like building, nice. it's not tense. I knew that would make you smile, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, well, there you go. You're <laughs> <laughs> having a lovely debrief of trouble. bloody rude. I don't know where to look. Um, so, yeah, all of that is great. And yes, and, and let's not forget E.T., the special shout-out, because that's iconic as well. He's a genius, so, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, let's just say he did Jaws, he did Star Wars, he did Superman, he did Indie, he did E.T. I mean, those, that's pretty goddamn special. You could retire and live a very happy life after just doing half of one of those. And he did those in the space of eight years, less than eight years, like all of those, and, you know, um, and months, other things, you know, and, you know, Close Encounters and all of that. I don't know if he actually came up with da 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 wouldn't surprise me. But even so, everything in that, but just those other ones, those those beyond iconic soundtracks, and then you throw in Harry Potter, and then you throw in a million other things, and not even thinking about you know doing the Bates and and anything else. So yeah, so good old John Williams. And, uh, oh, there must be a documentary out there on him, Chef. I'd love to know the process. I'd love to do the bloody you know. Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. meet Anakin Skywalker. I want to see the Stephen meet John. Like, yeah. You know I mean, the yeah. two of them together. Like, I've seen some stuff because, like, it was his birthday either today or yesterday, and stuff had been popping up on Instagram, like little clips. And there is a thing of him playing Spielberg the ET melody, not the main theme, but the blah, 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 that on the piano. And it's pure early 80s. And it's him playing it to Spielberg and Spielberg mugging for the camera. I don't know if it's legit the first time Spielberg has heard it. He's acting like he heard it, but Spielberg loves that sort of shit. But it's it's him saying, I was thinking of this, and you know when like a virtuoso, especially like on the piano, like, well, I was thinking this, and then he plays this up just diabolically amazing, and then he just stops. He goes, and but then I was thinking about this, <laughs> and you know, and, and it's like, oh, how dare you? But it's amazing. <laughs> and you know, and Spielberg's bloody loving it, you know, early 80s Spielberg with his big jumper, and it's yeah, and it's really nice. So there's a lot of stuff out there, and also I believe it was the Jaws DVD making of Spielberg tells a story of the first time uh, Williams played the da, 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 and literally just those notes um, and Spielberg laughed and he thought Williams was taking the piss and you know like okay but what what's the real theme and he's like no bah, 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 bah. that's all you need man and he's like bloody hell Williams you genius so yeah so that's a little Williams anecdote he also did Towering Inferno incidentally just to throw that out yeah good old job yeah well we're about to 
Oh, sorry, Sheffy. No, no, I was just going to say, of course, they just do a caveat, a disclaimer after disclaimer, but yeah, like just, yeah, there are millions that we're not talking about, of course, but that's all, yeah, good stuff. Did you want to, like, you've asked some fun questions, Sheppy. Is it worth bouncing around a couple of those quickly, too? So you were saying about favourite Bond scores as one. Yeah. Which I yep. quite liked. And, um, Absolutely. So. Bond score, I will quickly shout out and say, so John Barry is the master, and John Barry came up with everything, and Monty Norman is given credit in all the Bond films for doing the James Bond theme. But the way that works, that's like a legality, because, yeah, Monty Norman wrote a song called something like Mr. Magoo's Wonder Coconut Factory, <laughs> something weird. And, and it's basically the James Bond theme, but it's done in a kind of like underneath a mango tree type thing. And it's, and it's this boop, 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 but it is essentially the James Bond theme. And, but John Barry took it, he reorchestrated it, he made it um, you know, with the guitar and, and, he, and he, he, John Barry did create the James Bond theme. Um, it's just Monty Norman as a good lawyer. And so, so that's just worth mentioning. And let's just say at the very least, John Barry reappropriated the, that, the music and it became the James Bond theme as we know it. So, so that's great. Um, and in terms of fave Bond score, or in general, do you have any thoughts about Bond? I've got a tie for two. I've got a tie for two and I've got like a, and then I'm really interested in what your favourite Bond song is as mm. well, Sheffy. But uh, mm. the, the tie for two is You Only Live Twice and Majesties. I think both of mm. those, I can't, I can't pick between the two of them. I think they're just yeah. both stunning. So, And yeah. are we talking the, the score? Score um, on both, yeah. Although, I mean, yeah. you know, Majesties. In terms of Majesties, of course, yeah. yeah. Majesties' score is also the main in the steering the yeah yeah that is good stuff i mean i can't i can't go against that you only live twice i will say it's not my favorite i mean in terms of like it's basically a instrumental version of the main thing i like it but it's not it's not up there for me but i like that it's you. I might be misremembering then. I thought it was the yeah. Is that part yeah. of you only have twice as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, totally of course, it goes into that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. All right. So no, and lovely, lovely, absolutely. But yeah, it's not up there. Interestingly, after everything I've just said about John Barry, and yes, all of them are amazing, and I want to be very clear on that. But the ones that really stand out for me are the two uh, wild cards who were not John Barry and they both came in and did one each and they both had very big careers outside and it was like they were hired guns to come in to do a James Bond thing but for whatever reason John Barry did not do these two and this might be very very controversial to say I don't know but um I, I so John Barry yay forever and managed to secret service I'm going to throw out there so I'm not lynched but also, um, I love the Bill Conti score for Your Eyes Only. I love it. Um, it's amazing. It's very 80s and it's got a lot of Bill Conti esque stuff. Very kind of like, sort of rocky sort of stuff, but very bombastic. I love it. 
So I'm going to put that up there. And also back to our friend, Michael Kamen, who also, who did do Die Hard, by the way, um, as well as part of the trio who did Lethal Weapon and many, many other things. Michael Kamen did License to Kill. And I love that as well, uh, very much. Um, and the dun, 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 and all of that shit. Um, so, so I'm going to throw those two out as well. Uh, I like it. You, um, and also, oh, sorry, Shan. No, I was just going to also throw out David Arnold. Um, I'm yeah. a big fan of his work, especially Tomorrow Never Dies. That's the that's a cracker. I really like that Bond film. Um, and do you um, do you have a favourite Bond song, Sheppy, as well? I mean, it's it's the same as like when I say my favorite Bond film, in that it's really like I always say three, and really that's even I can even be more self-indulgent to like five sequels. But in terms of my main James Bond theme, I mean, on a certain nostalgic level, and also just because it's so iconic, and I can't step away from that, so nobody does it better. Is yeah. right up there. Uh, I mean, again, they're all amazing. Given it die, it's very high for me. Um, I will say, not no Connery's being that high up. I love them all, but, and you know, Goldfinger is certainly very iconic, but it's not right up there for me. God bless Bassie. Um, I will say, um, you know, my name is probably my favourite. Um, that's that's amazing, and I love wow. Skyfall as well. But I'm going to say, you know, my name is actually my favourite. That's a cool answer, Sheppy. I like that. I had I had nobody does it better as well, and I just had a little I had a, a side thing. If you'll indulge me, I just loved. It. I don't yeah. know if I've ever shared this anecdote with you, and I, if I have, I apologise. But um, but just a, a little indulgence. Uh, a view to a kill is also up there for me, Shep. So I love that. Oh thing. yeah, and, um, yeah. I uh, I went to a festival in East London once. I can't remember it's called like Love Box or something. This is at least ten years ago. Duran Duran were headlining it. Or head, no, they were headlining one stage and then there was another band far cooler and more current who I'm forgetting the bloody name of because I'm not cool and current but um, I was with Vicky and Eddie my brother and sister for listeners and uh, and G, the four of us were there me and G were like we're going to watch Duran Duran Vicky and Eddie are like we're off to be cool people and I was like fair enough so <laughs> G and I um, watching Duran Duran they were loving it, Sheppy, strutting their stuff, a bit of Ordinary World, a bit of bloody Rio, all this stuff, you know, and <laughs> the Bon, you can imagine, he's giving it the, what's my name, Simon? And the crowd's going, Le Bon, and they're all loving it. And then I turned to MG and I said, um, so, you know, do you think they're going to do A View to a Kill? Like that? And, uh, and she just goes, I don't know. And then this fella overheard me and he goes, Nah, mate, it's rubbish. No one cares about like movie themes or this or whatever. You know, I went, all right. <laughs> was it the same guy? It's bloody peg, mate. <laughs> it was bloody peg, mate. What a my life. I think I asked the same guy the time every time. Uh, I need the time. Um, anyway, he's just the constant extra in my life. Anyway, um, they leave the stage, Duran Duran, and um, you know, there's a bit of a hush, and we're all hoping for an encore of something. Don't know what. And then Mark Ronson steps onto the stage and um, he's wearing a black tux and, um, and he's, got a, uh, he's, he's got a saxophone, I want to say. And he starts playing like on a saxophone. He's got an electric guitar, sorry. And, um, and he starts playing like a little, like just a weird little riff of all sorts of different, quite awesome little tunes. And at the end of the riff that he's doing, 
it just starts going da 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 and then freaking heck all the flames go up on the stage yeah. they duran duran come out in their white tuxes like just yeah. smashing it oh. they give it's just the best version of you to kill i've ever heard That's i danced into the wonderful. fire that night my friend it's <laughs> Yeah, well, now I'm going to say, you know, Dancing to the Fire is my favourite James Bond film of all time. <laughs> now you've made me say View to a Kill is not only the best James Bond film of all time, it's the best film of all time. That's wonderful. What a wonderful story. And yeah, I just that love that Duran Duran still lean into it, Sheffield. Yes, just well, more than happy. lean in by the sounds of it. Because, yes, because you would conceivably think, no, they're not going to do it. You know, they're, they're, it's like, yeah, we did Bond and it was great to do Bond, but it was a long time ago. We've done so many other iconic things, you know, we, we could easily imagine them not playing due to a kill and the fact that they did. And to that extent, what, and yeah, and it's the crowd pleaser that perhaps no one knew they wanted. I bet this guy, your boyfriend, was probably just like, I've changed my mind, it's turned to me around. <laughs> and he like whipped, takes off all his clothes and he's wearing a white tuxedo underneath as well, um, <laughs> firing like a green laser. That's amazing. Um, no, I love it. Can I say, Sheffy, as well, as a little thread to pull here, because you'd also asked, what's the score that ruined a scene in a film? And I struggled with yes. that question, but I had one answer for you. There's a Bond reference. So if you're, if you're happy yes. to move on to that question, I thought yes. that was a nice yes. question. And I, so it was the only thing I could think of off the top of my head was just Man with the Golden Gun. It's not really a score. It's more of a just uh, a sound bite that ruined a scene yes. in a film. But yes. Just the they set up this extraordinary stunt where they're going to flip yeah. a car upside down and go from bridge to bridge, um, over a ravine or whatever it is. And I just not a ravine, a river. It's a, um, yeah. Is it a river? A lake? Yeah, it's a river. It's river. A river. Yeah. A river. And uh, anyway, but just the fact that they they pull off the stunt in one take with no yeah. bloody CGI, obviously, or any shenanigans, and then they just put a little. Yeah, the yeah it's so weird you know in the again on the making of the excellent making of which uh, the director john cork did to all of them up until license to kill which you can get on the dvds and you and they they tell you about how they did the stunt and everything and they do they use some of the john barry music for bam, 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 bam. they use that music when you see the final shot and yeah, and it just works. Yeah, of course it works a trillion times better. And you're right. Yeah, um, it's true. And you know what? That the no, it, the, the 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 slide whistle it was a it was a bad choice. Um, it was a cheap laugh, and it was very very strange. Um, you know what? My answer to is there a score or something that ruined a scene is also from a Bond film. Um, oh, nice. I was sitting in the cinema, I was loving it, um, and it was Goldeneye. And it's the um, it's the bit near the beginning where Bond is driving with the psychiatrist, and then he meets on a top in her Ferrari, and oh, they yeah. have like a little playful, flirtatious chase. The music in that scene is atrocious, and more than that, you know, when I was watching it in Cranley Cinema for the first time, and I was really on board with that film. It didn't ruin the film, but I had an out-of-body experience. I could not believe what was happening. And it wasn't like, this is rubbish, boo, boo. I was like, I am not here. This isn't reality. My brain is mocking me and tricking me. Why would this piece of music 
what is happening? Is someone playing a ringtone next to me, even though it's 1995? <laughs> What's going on? And um, it's, it is a terrible, terrible decision and very strange. So, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm crazy. actually going to Google that too after this, Sheppy, because I just want yeah. to sort of. I can give you my that. impression. It's like. It's a bit like Seinfeld, but Seinfeld works in Seinfeld. It doesn't work with James Bond. So, yeah, it's very strange. Very strange. Well, that. Yeah. I mean, that's stunning, Sheppy. I love the way you just described that because I know exactly what you mean about the out of body. Mm. Yes. Do you? Yes. I mean, you just mentioned Seinfeld. Do you want to touch on the TV themes? What do you reckon? Yeah, I, that's uh... great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, in this again is a whole pod of itself. Yeah. So we could talk about this forever and a million that you know we might have forgotten about. But do you want to, yeah, some of your favourite TV themes? Um, in well, you you specifically said top three, Sheppy. Yeah, and I, yeah. uh, that is bloody impossible, right? So I think yeah. I've got my three, but if you'll indulge me to just have some just quick honourable mentions, which are kind of, yes. I, well, I've got two which are just locked, right? So Cheers is locked for me. Oh, as, uh, um, so that's done. That's happy. Then I think... Kirby enthusiasm is locked for me because I wow. struggle to think of a theme where I just have more joy welling <laughs> as I sort of hear it and just know I'm in for at least a four-star treat, you know, every time. It doesn't matter what HBO show I'm watching, as yeah. soon as it comes up, it's like bum, bum, bum. Yeah, yeah totally. That's exactly what I expect too. Yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones slightly changed that for yeah. me for a while, but it's right. definitely back to Kirby again now for that. Too. It is a good yeah. thing, you're right. I'll give you the, the runners-up here, Sheppy, which was just the two serious runners-up, if you like, because those are two comedy themes, obviously. Walking Dead, I really, um, I like oh. the theme. Not necessarily the theme itself, but more the way it kicks in. Like, mm. it's kind of my favourite version of a little bit of a scene yeah. and then a bump, but, you know, it's just really good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, that's nice. I like the Sopranos theme as well and the Wire theme mm. as well for just serious, mm. quick, you know, mentions. But I think in the end, evocative and everything, and like, oh, I'm ready for this now. Twin Peaks, man. Yeah. Put it yeah. in there. Top three yeah. for me at the moment. That's what I've got. That's in my top three as I've written it here. Nice. Um, yeah. Peaks. Well, then over I to mean, you, because that's, yeah. Well, talk about evocative and so on. And, you know, the haunting and the beautiful and, you know, Angelo Badalamente, everything he's done is right you know, it's gorgeous and beautiful and twin peaks is so sad and so beautiful and haunting and you know just, yeah it's it's wonderful so yes that's up there for sure twin peaks now this isn't my you know again definitive or anything but yeah twin peaks is right up there for me um doctor who um it's a it's a fantastic theme it's a very you know it's very simple at its core and it's mysterious, and then it's exciting, and it's otherworldly, and it sums up everything. And there are a lot of different versions over the years of the Doctor Who theme, a lot of different arrangements. Some are better than others, um, but they're, they're all essentially great. And my favourite bit is always uh, when it comes back, and it's all kind of triumphant, and it's the ba 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 um, in any version. 
that always gives me a massive spine shiver. Um, so I like that quite a bit. Um, yeah. Um, now I've written as a, you know, um, take it as you will. I mean, the A-team, um, I mean, that's all mixed in with childhood as well, but it's fantastic. And do you know what I love? And it's not the definitive theme for the A-team, but it's for season five of the A-team, where Robert Bourne comes into it and they shake up the music. And this is sacrilege, but I really like that. And instead of having the intro, the, the iconic, you know, 1973 and all of that bit with the voiceover, and if you can, uh, you can find them, maybe you can hide. Yeah, that's not even in it. It has this weird, like, bum, bum, bada, 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 bum, bum, bada, bada, bada. Bam, 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 bada, bada, bada. And it goes on for a bit too long. And then it's, <laughs> and it's a different version, a different mix. But I really like that. That's always really appealed to me. And if I had to choose, that's not the version of the 18 theme that's my favorite, but I, it is one that speaks to me on a deeper level. So <laughs> I really like that. So that's great. Um, I did uh, honorable mention Game of Thrones and also within Game of Thrones I mean that theme I think it's season five before it went shit and it's when Cersei is has orchestrated like getting rid of Jonathan Price spoilers should have said got in, got rid of Jack from Jumping Jack Flash <laughs> and um and and she basically blows up everything with the green fire stuff and she gets and there's that wanker who's crawling towards the flame and he doesn't yeah. quite make it, of course. And then all, the music during that, it's like about five or six minutes and all the players are going into place and it's this beautiful piano piece, which then builds and builds and builds until the explosion. That's amazing. It's not the main theme, but I wanted to shout out. Um, similarly, uh, the Westworld theme, piano, kind of beautiful. I really like that. That's kind of flavor of the month a little bit. Mm. And also the haunting of Hill House. I keep forgetting to see if it's the same person. Very similar to the Westworld theme and it's equally very enjoyable. Um, so that's a little shout out as well. I, I love the cheers that you did. That's, that's great as well. And again, there are of course millions and millions and millions. Um, and as much as I love Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, I'm not actually a huge fan of that Jerry Goldsmith theme from, from Motion Picture. So I'm more of a Deep Space Nine man myself in terms of the actual theme. And, and actually, and also Jerry Goldsmith did the theme to Voyager, and I like that too. But it, that, that's not up there, but I'll, I'll shout it out as an honourable mention. There are others that I really like that I like. Oh, and you know, I, I have to say the Lonely Man theme from The Incredible Hulk. Speaking of, of course, piano, I expected you to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's got to be mentioned. That's, that's very special. And again, not necessarily what you'd expect from like a, a TV show like that necessarily. But yeah, The Lonely Man. And yeah, very sad. And again, I obviously have a thing for sad piano music. But yeah, it's good stuff. I think in the evocative space as well, Shippy, I just drop it in there. But Quantum Leap as well. Mega, yes. mega yes. in its day. Yes. Too wonderful, as well, good but just wonderfully too long, you know. It's good, yeah. No, that's wonderful. Thumbs up, blue. Oh boy, um, yeah, lovely. And again, million, we can we can certainly do a whole pod about TV themes because those those are all great, and there are millions that we're not talking about. Um, but I, I love that. I'm, I'm going to shout out also uh, the prisoner since we just oh, yeah. uh, just jumped in there. 
that's great again. Ba, ba, ba. Yeah, no, lovely. Uh, very nice. You you mentioned something interesting about um, kind of like best school moment um, in you know kind of like I don't know if it counts as like um, a record scratch or something, but do you have something for that in terms Ooh. of like a, a sound cue specifically? Yeah, like a needle out? drop sort of thing. Yeah, needle drop. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. A needle drop, not a scratch. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something totally different. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just, I'll, I'll shout out that Almost Famous, I think, has at least three wonderful ones, you know, like just, just beautiful little moments. Um, and then Scorsese does it loads with the stones yeah. and he'll drop them in. But I think my favourite is not a score one necessarily, but a, a soundtrack one that's a train spotting. I just think the start of that movie is just straight nice. in there in a way that is just, you know, lust for life there is just, mm. you can't hear that song and not think of Renton running down the street in Edinburgh. I think, mm. you know, if you've seen the movie. And also Born Slippy. I mean, I think that might those two needle drop moments in one movie are in like my top three needle drop moments in any movie. Like, do you know what I mean? I think maybe the bald slippy one is just amazing when he blows the smoke in his face. It just goes <laughs> bum bum bum, and then it just like carries you through to the end of the movie over the next. Well, time. Danny Boyle's a master at that sort of stuff yeah. as well, and all of his soundtracks are great, and all of his moments, like Scorsese, are very good moments. You know, in Train Spotting. I mean, in terms of that sort of needle drop, I love it when someone says something cool in a film and the music kicks in. I mean, that's kind of obvious, but it's that's amazing. And there are billions of billions. I'm not even going to go off on one now about them. But I will say in Trainspot, it's need to mention that. But when they go to London, and, um, and I can't remember exactly what the line is that builds into it, but then it, it's like this really upbeat music and it's like bam, 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 after the grimness of Scotland and everything. And then London is shown to be like Disneyland. It's like a Bobby, like a policeman Bobby. We were like covered in pigeons and shit. And there's like, like bam, bam, bam. It's like, yeah, it's like something's got to happen. That's my rent impression. It's like something's got to happen now or something. It's like bam, bam, bam. So I really like that as well yeah. it's like really yeah. you got that feeling bah, 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 bah. it's like yeah and it's like that's really funny so i like that as well uh yeah it's worth mentioning of course back to johnny williams for a second and there are billions and billions of course but the map room invaders and that the build up with with the with the um the light coming into the well of i don't want to sort of the map room and um it's got the the staff as well and the light goes yeah. through it that's amazing. Back to Bond for a second and back to Bill Conti. Um, Pure eyes only. I always get a spine shiver in the uh, pre-cred when Bond's in the helicopter uh, and it's being controlled by Blofeld and he's going to crash into the side of the factory and then Bond pulls the wire. And, you know, he's really fucked, actually, as Bond. He doesn't know what he's going to do, but he sees this really, really bad, you know, like obviously with gaffer tape and, like, red tape. It's obviously not meant to be there. So he sees this wire, and he's struggling with it. And and Blofeld's like, you are fading from my picture, Mr. Bond, but the end cannot be far away. And he does this, like, crazy laugh, like, <laughs> And then Bond pulls the wire. And there hasn't been any music during it's one of those great action sequences where there's no music during all of it. And he's hanging off the helicopter and all of that. 
and it, as he pulls the wire, Conti kicks in with bam, 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 and it cuts to the light, like you know, um, the red light flashing on Blofeld's console, and the cat goes, <laughs> and then Blofeld tries to make the controls work, and it doesn't work. It's like malfunction, malfunction, and he dumps it with frustration, and the cat's like, "I'm fucking out of here," and Bond is kind of like you don't usually see bond like acknowledging how close to death he came but he does this proper and it won't come across in the podcast but it's proper fucking hell because he's like <laughs> this close and then a year and then he gets his cool back and he flies off that's amazing and i just got a sponge for thinking about it so <laughs> that's 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 great and and you know we've been talking about all of these things bill conti rocky um, oh, and that's and coming, Karate Kid sure. as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's all. No one say, does. Good old Roger, good Yeah. Roger for his Roger. silence and then kick in because, I mean, Spy yeah. Who Loved Me, for God's sake, with yeah. the cliff jump. I mean, what yeah. a moment. And then how they used the cue of the music for that with the Union yes. flag. Yeah. Yes, wonderful. Very good use of Union flag, not Union Jack as well, because you're quite right. Union flag. Um, <laughs> Also, back to Cayman, um, in the pre-cred to License to Kill, and um, they realise, they, they get to the helicopter, and, and um, Felix says, oh, and you know, like, they're not here, you know, where's, where's Sanchez? And then they hear a, you know, the propeller start up, and they realise Sanchez isn't in the helicopter, he's in the little plane, and he's getting, going to get away, and Felix says, Sanchez, damn! And the music goes, dun, 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 and that's great. And Bond's like, come on, um, that's wicked. So I like that as well. And of course, there were millions and millions and millions of that sort of thing. But those are just shout outs, wonderful. And again, The Karate Kid, not the best film, but you, you stick with it. You go all the way through the journey with Daniel. It all comes down to the crane kick at the end. And it's, his whole life is defined and decided in that moment, even forgetting about the sequels and even forgetting about Cobra Kai, just on the basis of the first Karate Kid film, and it comes down to that one kick that he does to Johnny, and then of course the Conti kicks in also at that moment, and it's like it's such a release and it's such a such a good moment, um, and it's very satisfying. So it's worth saying that, and Great. of course Rocky, and, you know. Well, let's get there because getting stronger, Sheppy, is yes. just the uber of ubers for me with Conti. Like, holy moly. I mean, the yeah. Rocky One, yeah. still the best, including all the creeds. Uh, what was yeah. your view on that, Sheppy, by the way, quickly? Do I? Do you I mean my, my basic Rocky Yeah, order? just, just it, well. well, Rocky One is the best and yeah. it's amazing. I have, you know, I have very strong love for a lot of them. I hate Rocky Five. Um, I like the creeds very much indeed, very much indeed. Um, but for me, it's all about Rocky. And I love Rocky Three very, very much. Rocky Four is a very special film uh, in its own very special way, in the same way that Octopus is the best film ever made. In some ways, Rocky Four is also the best film ever made. Um, but Rocky Three is great. Uh, Rocky One, though, is the best. Um, but I'm going to shout out to Rocky 2. Rocky 2 has Getting Strong now as well, and it has the Rocky theme, so it's got all of that, but it's also got uh, the beginning after the recap. There's a like, Adrian and all of that. It's like, where's your hat? Which is amazing. And all of that, um, it goes into proper just like Rocky 2. 
and you see the ambulances racing through the streets of Philadelphia, taking Rocky and Apollo to the hospital after the fight. And that music, that's that's probably my favorite Rocky thing ever. Um, that, wow. And that's amazing. Um, I'm a big fan of that. And by the way, speaking of like little sound bites that lead in to the biggest spine shiver ever, Rocky 2 is all about Rocky having a horrible time. More and more shit happens to him. Adrian's fucked. Everything's fucked. Everyone's being horrible to him. He's trying to train, but his heart's not in it because Adrian's not there with him. And all of that. It's like the whole film just getting worse and worse and worse and worse for poor old Rock. And then, you know, Adrian comes out of the coma and he's like, you know, and he's like, and the baby's there and everyone's in the, ho in the hospital room. And Rocky's like, you know, Adrian, if you don't want me to fight Apollo no more, it's not a, we'll, we'll work something out. And she's like, well, there's one thing I want you to do. Come here, come here. And then she's like, win. And then Conti, bang. And she's like, win. And then Mickey's like, what are you waiting for? And he like gives the champagne to a nurse or something like, hold this. And Rocky looks at, looks at Adrian with this smile like, oh, fucking hell, I love you. And then it's like, and then it goes into the montage and the Rocky music and getting strung out. That is probably the best moment of existence. So that's worth a shout out. <laughs> I think I think of Mickey saying, what are we waiting for? Maybe every day, at least once. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's goddamn pure. So I feel yeah. like we're getting into the because you you asked a big one, Sheppy. Maybe this is it, like the the Kappa episode. I want to go early on it, but you're saying what's the top five scores apps? And yeah, like the getting stronger is is there for me, absolutely. Yes. And, um, yes. Yeah. Do, should we do? Have you got a five as well? Did you come up with five? In terms of five scores of yeah. all time, I mean, again, my whole thing is like, oh, well, five of my favorite scores, and I think I've probably <laughs> mentioned them at some point already. Do you want to shout out yours, or would you like me to shout out five of of mine? Well, I'll do mine, Sheppy, and then you can kind of reflect and throw your own in, if that's all right, because I have tried yeah, yeah. to narrow it, which is bloody hard. But I um, yeah. so I've got Rocky. Mm. I've got, I, I'll give you a couple of honourable mentions as well. I put um, Blade Runner in there as an honourable mention. Oh, I think lovely. It's cool. I put Fellowship as an honourable mention now. Mm -hmm. It's actually been knocked out, I think. <laughs> probably in at six. Because it's, it's been... a great story <laughs> ever told. That's why. <laughs> But it just, yeah, exactly right. Bloody Howard Shaw, <laughs> with apologies yeah. to the Shaw estate. Um, <laughs> and, um, the Shaw I, thing. <laughs> I put Drive in there. I really like that as a, as a, as a, oh, as a also yeah. ran, also ran, but I love it. And then, yeah. um, and I also, I've just got to confess that at one point, this would have been like number one back in my sort of more problematic years, but Braveheart <laughs> probably would have been in there. Like, oh, I used to love oh it. yeah. I had not that there sound, right? Yeah. Okay. One of those yeah, where... Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> it's hard to detach from Mel the man and Mel the actor sometimes. So Mel the character. Sometimes, but I have to say, I don't know. I have I, Mel. Mel is very good, um, and you know, not as a man, but in in films and stuff. Yeah, it's such a shame. So, you know, what can you do? I have more of a problem with Bruce Willis being a general prick, honestly, than Mel Gibson being a bad racist. But nonetheless. Um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But yeah, Braveheart, sure, and certainly, and talk about a film of the time, which was huge and 
powerful and all that sort of stuff. Good so stuff. I'm going to go with my Rushmore five then, Sheppy, therefore. And it's just a Barry Norman throw them up, not an order. Mm. But so we've got Rocky getting stronger, but Godfather. Fucking love the Godfather. Whoa, very nice. Um, I've got um, Inception and Back to the Future, as we mentioned at the top end. Mm. And then your man, Angelo. Sheppy, just to try and get a oh. point back on the lost highway that I lost. <laughs> uh, but Mulholland Drive, man, I oh, nice. that movie and that score just got under my skin in a way that just I can't even describe it. Like just madness, like haunted. Like I watched it in Poland, funnily enough, and then I remember nice. walking in the streets and uh, just being really a bit shaken from Mulholland Drive, yeah. to be honest. And like, uh, yeah, but how um, lovely. Yeah, but anyway, Sheppy, so that's, that's kind well, of that's, the, the five for me. That's great. I mean, I'm going to just throw five random ones out, and they're on the top of my mind now because I've been talking about them, things like that. There are the obvious things, and I'm not going to mention John Williams, um, but I'm sure some could creep in there as well. Um, you know, can I, can I say the Kroll theme as being one of my favourite schools of all time? I mean, it is one which is with me every day. It's him doing a, a Johnny Williams, as I've said. It's I love that theme. Um, but then again, I love Rocketeer theme as well. Um, so I, I'm going to say Crow. Don't apologise. It's in. It's locked. Crow. <laughs> Love we'll make I, a I note of this that. as we go. Yep, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so we can go on the website. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, no, there's a moment enough. in time. I'll time stamp it for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I've, I've, I'm going to say Rocky Two after that whole thing. I've got to really. Um, that that's pretty pretty solid. Um, I, I'll say I'm going to. You know, again, I mentioned it at the beginning. I'm going to throw it out there. Um, conspiracy theory is a, is a great score. It's so different to you know to what you're expecting. Um, I really like that. Uh, I'll mention. I mean, I, I think I've got to say Batman, the Elfman. Yeah, that's up there. Um, and I'm going to mention it's got to be. I mean, I'm going to throw out Crimson Tide. If I'm going to choose a Zimmer, I'm going to go for, an, for a relatively old school Zimmer with. Yeah, with that, with Crimson Tide. How many is that? Four That's or five? five Sheppy. That's a good I'm going to stick with that. Selection. I like it. There are, of course, many, many others, but yeah, why not? Let's let's go nuts and go with some sort of left field. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it, man. Yeah, nice. Um, also, quick shout out to the Elfman theme to To Die For, which is a, a lovely piece of music as well, just fun and nice. And but, my, yeah. to die for us in the Cole Kidman one, isn't it? Is that yes, right? Yes, yes nice, yes. lovely. It's very good. I love that film, and and the Elfman is is cheeky and nice. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so there are some honourable mentions who I feel I should quickly give an honourable mention to, just because we've talked about all of these and I, and I've only brushed upon some and not even mentioned others. So, for example, I mean. Also, Ecstasy of Gold, which we talked about a little bit, is amazing. But I also, overall, just love the Untouchables theme, um, or the whole the whole score of Untouchables, which I have mentioned, but that's my double happiness with Morricone. Um, Miller's Crossing by Carter Burwell, that score, oh, yeah. that sort of Irish lilt a little bit, and it's 
and I love that film, of course, and it's tied into that, but it's a great score. So from Carter Burwell, who I love all the time, everything, that's a special one. And we haven't really talked about any superhero stuff, really. Obviously, if we're doing Williams, Superman, and talk about Batman, but, you know, more modern stuff. I really like, I mean, all of the Marvel stuff is pretty excellent. The Paddy Doyle, Patrick Doyle one for Thor is great. And the, um, the Michael Giacchino, I believe, Giacchino, Michael Giacchino, who did Spider-Man, and I like that. But he did the Doctor Strange theme and soundtrack, and I really, really like the Doctor Strange uh, score, so I'm going to mention that. Um, Ant-Man has a great score, and it sounds very similar to the score to Ants, which, by the way, is Zimmer again. It's got, and I think it's a coincidence, but it is similar. It's like, do, 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 like, kind of like ant army whistling. And it's, yeah. um, so it's just an interesting similarity between Ant-Man and, and, and Ants. Um, Maurice Jarre um, did the witness theme, and I have very happy memories when, when House of Ford's building that barn and that music from that bit, I really like. So I'm giving a, a quick shout out to that. Um, and actually, Brian Tyler has done a shitloads of stuff, and he's very, very unsung. I actually had to look up his name. But I'm going to give a special shout out to, because uh, he did, I love the score to Now You See Me, and I haven't seen that film since the cinema. Massive, you want to be Jimmy. But um, I remember really liking that score specifically, and he also did the Iron Man 3 soundtrack, and that's really, really, really good. And he also did the Expendables, so fair play to that. And also, um, I think it's Maurice de Vries, Maurice, or Maurice de Vries, or Marius, Marius de Vries, anyway. He did Kick-Ass, and that's got a really, really good theme. Oh, sure. It's very good. Um, and I have a mentor, Bernard Herman, and Bernard Herman's amazing, and specifically North by Northwest is my favourite. I actually had that on my list for after as well, Sheffield. I nice. to drop it in. Yeah. Nice. When you made well, a speech at Hitchcock, that was a real... Yeah, reevaluation yes. of him. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so, so there you go. So I just wanted to throw those out as well as the next brilliant book. Didn't talk about them, but love them very deeply. Lovely. Lovely. So anyway, that's lovely. Thank you for indulging me, Jimmy. Love it. Well, Sheffy, can I say something hilarious? And this is, I yes, think, should be another pod, but it's almost like we're ending, if we are ending on a cliffhanger here. Yeah. Like you mentioned Greece at the top, but we haven't even touched our musicals. <laughs> no, well, let's, that, that is another thing. And indeed, yeah, wonderful. Is there anything about musicals you want to throw out or do you want to save that? I think probably bottle it because it's a bit half cocked. Nice. I've got some silly, funny things that I would love to throw on the pod one day about. Um, observations of little musical moments and stuff you know but, but yeah yes. um but absolutely not maybe yeah we should do it different we should do another another point on it that's defo yeah. yeah lovely lovely very nice um i'm a big fan i'm a big fan oh i didn't mention also another one that i just really like is um the conan the barbarian theme um is great it's another bombastic one and it's like ba, 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 ba. I like that quite a bit, and I haven't mentioned it yet. So, so that's nice. yeah. Oh, we yeah, didn't solid. talk about bloody Terminator. That's a pretty iconic theme. Just thinking of Arnie. Iconic, yeah. No, absolutely, Blimey. certainly. There's so many um, out there. We really, yeah. yeah. No, there's a lot. There is a lot. 
Um, certainly, Jerry Goldsmith, I believe, did the alien theme, Horner did Aliens, and both of those are excellent as well. Michael Kamen, we've touched on a little bit, but of course, he, he subbed so many things. R.I.P. again, but all of his stuff I'm a big fan of. Um, Morricone, The Mission. I don't know if I mentioned earlier, but I love the music to The Mission. That's fantastic. And The Untouchables, and of course, the, the Donners trilogy and everything. But yeah, so that's all lovely, 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 lovely as well. So yes, yeah, in terms of random shuffles, there's a lot of good stuff there. But um, I think that's probably enough. And again, listeners, viewers, participants, audience members, stage hands, if you have um, your own favorite TV theme, your own favorite uh, soundtrack, um, including you know instrumentals, but also song uh, selections, uh, let us know. Remind us of really, really big things that we didn't mention as well. Um, that's all wonderful. I love it very much. Um, but yeah, I think that is pretty good, Jimmy. I, I'm very happy. Touching that. on that with you, Shep, Stefo. Yeah. How do we close yeah. this, man? How do we close it? Uh, some sort of lonely man walking away music, although that might be better for a different pod. Um, <laughs> some, <laughs> some sort of moment. Oh, I, I'm going to mention just one more little quick um, needle drop moment i like superman 2 when he's like take my hand son of joel pledged allegiance to zod and then he crushes his hand and the williams theme kicks off so that's my little john williams you know when, when he's just like you know what you're you're such a cunt zod i'm just gonna be really immoral here and just fuck you up i'm gonna crush your hand which must be so painful and i'm gonna throw you and shatter your spine and then you're gonna fall to your death in agony uh, and then my girlfriend is going to kill your girlfriend. <laughs> that's that's amazing. This murder, murder. Um, so yeah, all of that's pretty special. Um, in terms of how to sign off, Jimmy, I, I honestly don't know. Do you have um, anything you'd like to hum to see us off? Really, it'd be really cruel to leave people with an earworm, wouldn't it? So maybe we just got to be nice to people and not. <laughs> If you have an earworm to hand, then I say throw it out there. Oh no, Sheppy. Not not be as soon as I say that, I get the hangover dude on this piano again with the right. tigers dreamer. Well, everybody, I will will end there and I wish you all pleasant dreams, be you uh, a dog, a squirrel, or indeed a tiger. Uh, what do tigers dream of, Jimmy? Well, uh, well let us all decide. What do tigers dream of when they take a little tiger snooze? Do they dream of mauling zebras or Halle Berry in her catwoman suit? Head, we're gonna get you back to Tyson and your cozy tiger bed, and then we're gonna find our best friend Doug, and then we're gonna give him a best friend hug. Doug, Doug, oh, Doug, 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 Doug. But if he's been murdered by crystal meth tweakers, well then we're shit out of luck.